Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girlbomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Here's Nikki. <laughs> oh my God. Welcome to the Nikki Glazer Podcast. Noah, <laughs> I heard a little bit of that. That was the first. Here's Nikki. Where I heard a little bit of a, 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 I don't know, I guess a tiredness in your voice, a maybe um, the first I, time you've talked this morning. I haven't um, even drank any water. Like my, I just feel like my throat is so dry. I haven't had coffee. Go get some nothing. water, as you say it. Okay. Oh, there you go. There's a Nalgene. God, you're still still sporting a Nalgene. Nalgene's came out in like 2002. I feel or like when I was graduating high school now jeans were like so cool and i think my one of my first comedy bits from when i um uh d- did stand up for the first time was like people always talked about now jeans like you could drop them from space and they won't crack they won't destroy and i did a bit about like who is dropping them so far like i'm just dropping them on the way to class like i don't need this guarantee of like as you're looking at the 
Great Wall of China from space, you can drop your Nalgene onto one of the towers. Uh, actually, I just found out that that is not a true thing, um, that you can see the Great Wall of China from space. I found that out on Reddit. Did you know that that's a myth? I didn't even realize it was a, a thing. You didn't even know it was a thing. Okay, so the thing that I just put out in your head, erase it. You cannot see the Great Wall of China from space. You've never heard that before, that like anecdote? I don't think I don't think I oh, have. Well, get with it, Noah. Jesus. Um, well, I mean, no, I'm still truly erase Nalgene, it. So. I know. You, oh you're back in 2002. I mean, that's really impressive to me that you kept an Nalgene. Every time I get a water bottle so that I stop using water bottles, like a, a reusable one it leaks it's not good enough i lose it um this whole reusable thing has not made me use less because i am someone who loses things it's made it's not made me use less it's made me lose more um and but it seems like you've had you i mean you have stickers on that now gene like it's it's been through some times with you yeah. what's like the oldest thing you own do you like, do you, you don't lose things that often. Are you messy? Wait, you told me you are messy. You said you are messy, but you know where everything is. I'm an organized chaos. That's what mm. I call myself. <laughs> okay. I like but that. I lose jewelry all the time, so I don't really get any jewelry, but when it comes to other things, I can pretty much keep them for a while. Yeah. The jewelry thing is, I just wear a necklace until it falls off my neck naturally by natural occurrences like rusts off or it gets pulled off by a dog or like a dog's paw gets caught in it and yanks it or a baby um yeah i've i've lost so many valuable things i mean i lost those six hundred dollars of chips i lose everything and i used to really hate it about myself because i was so it, it's just an indication of like i don't i can't have nice things i'm so rough with everything recently i um oh i was i was getting a spray tan which is the story of my life. Not the one I got yesterday, the one before that, weeks ago. And at one point you have to like wipe off your, at the end of it, you wipe off your hands with a wet wipe. And she like held it out and I just was like, and she goes, wow, you're aggressive. And I was like, that's like how I move. I was like, I can't, I don't even know how you would do that in a slow way. Anytime I try to like do something that is, if someone catches me being aggressive and too rough, I try to just slow down and then I look like I'm in space looking at the Great Wall of China, like just so slow. Um, I have no desire to go to space. Do you? Absolutely not. Is that a, a man thing? I mean, I know there's female astronauts, but I think it's a billionaire thing. I think it's yeah. just like a way for them to compete with each other. Where because it's a thing like that only can. billionaires can do or yes. really super smart people can do that have to go to so much school that they don't have time to make a billion dollars because they're training to be astronauts. And then, yeah, you're right. It's just like um, it's the it's the it's the only thing that is just available to billionaires. Yeah, that that makes sense. And I love how Elon and um, Richard Branson were like racing to get to space. It's it's so stupid, and I don't care about space at all. And my dad's very interested in space, and really doesn't like my whole um, point of view about it, but. I mean, unless we are trying to find someplace else to inhabit. I mean, I know it helps us understand us to explore space, but I just don't care about like this satellite discovered that on Mars, the compounds in the dust might support a microscopic life. I just don't care. Or these are the first shots of 
The Mars rover, uh, this is the surface of Mars. I don't know why I don't care. I should care. That's kind of interesting. But I'm also someone who doesn't care about going to see, you know, uh, spectacular sites that I could see on Google Image or, uh, you know, Oculus. You know, the, the, the VR, I could really go there. There are some places that I would like to see or that I pretend to see when I'm on vacations with men who care about that stuff. And I go, oh, yeah, babe, I can't wait to go to Machu Picchu when really I would prefer to just stay in our little, you know, compound safely where we drink bottled water. I mean, I'm going to Mex- we're going to Mexico very soon, mm-hmm. Noah. And... um how do you feel about this girl's trip we're going on? We're going next week to uh, Mexico week with a, oh, the week after. Yeah. With a bunch, bunch of ladies and yeah, like a week. Yeah. We'll be gearing up for it in a week, I guess. Um, and, um, yeah, I'm, uh, I like can't even get my head there yet because I have so much work to do before then. Is that the same way you feel? I feel the same way. Also, when it comes to traveling, I don't like the act of traveling. I always have so much like built up anxiety and I just avoid thinking about it and like packing and all that. But I like being in a different place with good people. And that's what I'm looking forward to. The beauty of packing for this trip is that we're not trying to like look cute. It's just a bunch of girls like lazing about. So that'll be good to remember for me. I know that's easier said than done Um, just because I've been on these before and I just wear the same thing every day practically, but we are with a lot of cute girls. One of them's a model. Yeah. There's expectations. (laughs) Carlisle Forrester literally camped at the federal building last night or two nights ago on the sidewalk so that she could get a passport in time to come to Mexico. It was wild. I saw her yesterday. We got our nails done before that. I got a spray tan before that. I, I was all over the place yesterday, but I didn't do sets last night. So I just came back here, watched The Bachelorette, um, wanted to hang out with a boy and maybe watch The Bachelorette with someone that I like spending time with, but um, they were too hungover. So that's a good sign that they were too hungover at eight o'clock at night to hang out with me. (laughs) Oh, life. And then, but The Bachelorette, you can see on my stories, my Instagram stories from last night. Um, I just, I don't know. It doesn't really keep my focus that much. They did this thing where they made, you'll be interested in this. They made Katie, the bachelorette, go on a date with, they're out of ideas for dates because this, they're still de- dealing with a COVID world. So they can't, usually the dates are like, they went to the town square and they danced with the children and, the, and I got to see them with children. And then we went and made maracas at, a maraca factory you know they always do something with it It involves other people or like something interactive but these are just really like lone dates there's this guy they keep bringing out of nowhere if you're watching the bachelorette who the fuck is this guy this um i'm assuming he's homosexual uh no judgment there this gay guy that is like a photographer who looks like he's dressed he looks like johnny depp in Pirates of the Caribbean, but without any of the pirate stuff. So he just has the weathered look of him with the with the eyeliner, but no other attributes. If you know what I'm talking about, I, when was this guy pushed on us to be part of Bachelor Nation of like, oh, it's Jeremy. Like, and he's forcing so much that he's like looking out for Katie and best friends with Katie. 
they did a lot of things on the show yesterday that I wasn't happy about but this one thing so they made he goes today you're going you're going to have your wedding so she had a fake wedding where she dressed up in a wedding dress he wore a suit and they had a whole thing and they had to do give each other their vows they both start crying during it this is like a second date noah and i swear to god i think this guy might win because she was forced to be in that situation with him through the show and you saw it like click you know that one exercise where people fall in love if they like stare into each other's eyes for like three minutes or something like that oh yeah to test yes i think that or the i I, I was watching it last night oh yeah five second flirt that's what we got from the book getting to i do girls if you're out there and so getting to i do which i've had a lot of people talk to me about almost everyone knows this book now like all my fans know this book at this point getting to i do it's a book about how to honor yourself and make it so that the guy that you've been pursuing either you get complete reassurance that he's not the one by changing the way you behave or you completely change the way that you behave in a way that values teaches you how to value yourself in a way that you weren't before it's also the same premise in uh, women why men love prefer bitches i always thought it was men love bitches but prefer um guys were like wait a second love i'm not ready for that title of the book. And she's like, okay, I'll back off. Prefer. Um, I, w- I love when a guy says he prefers me. <laughs> I, that's the three words that I've always wanted to hear from a man. I prefer you. Do you know that my first like real boyfriend, Chris, couldn't say I love you. So he said, I'm enthusiastic about being with you. He was like, I can't say I love you, but that's what I can say. That felt, uh, um, well, you know how that felt, but over it, totally over it. Um, but what I was saying was, fuck, I was saying about the the dumb looking into each other's eyes. Oh, yeah. Getting to I do. The five second flirt. That is a way, because in this book, you determine whether you're a female or a feminine energy or masculine energy. I am still on the fence about which one I am, Noah. I, I think that's my problem with the book. People go, the book worked for me. Nikki, thank you so much. Oh, my God. That book has changed my life. And I'm like, Good. Because it hasn't changed my life yet, even though I know it could, because I can't pick a goddamn lane. I don't know whether I want my feelings nurtured or my thoughts respected. I want both. And you know what she says if you want both? You're a goddamn narcissist and no, you don't deserve anyone. And I think she might have a point with me. Like maybe I should, I don't deserve anyone because I want both. Because I can't pick which one I want. I want my man to do both. Um, it's confusing. But anyway, most women are f- uh, feminine energy. Let me reiterate, there are some masculine energy women. It does not mean that you are a lesbian or more masculine like with your appearance or anything like that. It just means that you like to lead and take initiative in a relationship and you need to find a feminine energy man, which are just as rare as a masculine energy woman. It's like not rare, but way less than, you know, let's I'm talking like 20, 10 to 20% of women and men are probably the, uh, the opposite of what they're gender is but it's not even about it's like yin and yang so anyway if you're a feminine energy woman in the book which most likely if you're listening right now you're a feminine energy woman you want your feelings cherished and you need to respect the thoughts of your man and understand that he's your thoughts aren't going to come first in the relationship you have to like defer to him but there's tricky ways of like deferring to him without uh steering it It's like, think of every conversation like a car. The man always has to drive and you can be in the passenger seat being like, oh, you know, wouldn't it be, uh, do you mind if you would turn right up here? That's how you approach it rather than go right up here. 
you know what I'm saying? Like you have to suggest things. So for instance, if you want to confront your guy about not folding the boxes for the recycling in a proper way, like I wonder if this could work with me and Andrew just in our friendship as roommates, if I were to be like, cause I don't even know, I don't know what this could be interesting to run it like that. This is what you would say. You would go, um, Honey, would it be okay if we talked about something later tonight when you were free? You ask, I know this is crazy, girls. You ask permission to confront him about the thing you're going to confront so that he, so now it is up to him that you're having this talk, right? So that's a tricky way of making, giving him power when really you're confronting him about something. But it's also honoring like his time and not just like, being a nag or just coming on when he's not ready for it. Say, I have something important to talk to you about. Let me know when you're free to talk about it in a very casual way, not like we need to talk. And then when he says, oh, I could do it now. Say, are you sure? You you don't even need to say, are you sure? Trust him. Okay. Um, uh, Okay. No, I'm going to practice this because you're better at it than me. Okay. Um, So honey, I've just noticed that sometimes when I go into the recycling room, you haven't folded up the boxes and I just want to respect the people that have to clean up in there. And there's a sign that says fold the boxes and the boxes have my name on them. And I just don't want anyone to think that I'm not folding my boxes. And it would just feel so good to me if you, uh, made sure that I was safe from ridicule in my own building by folding the boxes with my name on them and putting them appropriately in the place where they're supposed to be. I had no idea that it was making you feel that way. I was just taking the boxes to the garbage room and and just left them there. But now that you explained it, I understand why it makes you feel that way because your name is on them. Thank you, babe. I really, it feels so good to me when you, um, honor my feelings when you hear me out yeah when you hear me out so all you do is talk from a place of feel but okay the five second flirt ladies this is based on the same premise of like you do not say you do not say when you're if you're trying to be the feminine energy this is really funny too and this is in phase one when phase four you're in a relationship yes but then i want to extend it to never be the first to reach out at all unless it's like checking with them if it's okay you know what i'm saying like don't and never say I think. Just always, you can switch every I think to I feel, and a man can process it so much better. A masculine energy man. It's wild. Um, so when you're flirting and you want a guy, you're interested in a guy, you see him across the room, a masculine energy woman will approach the guy, will wave at him, will be like, hi, you know, which is what I've done, or wave him over like I've done. I've had a guy like who we both knew that we were there and we liked each other. We both knew we were probably going to hook up at the end of the night. He was like talking to people. He was like gallivanting around the party, avoiding talking to me, even though I could see him looking at me the whole time. And at one point I was just so frustrated. I remember, and it was, um, it was the night of like one of the roasts and I had just killed. I had been like the bell of the ball. And then I'm at the after party and no one's talking to me. And I remember this and I'm waiting for this guy to come talk to me who we've established. Like, I'm so glad you're going to be there. I'm glad you're going to be there too. We're staying at the same hotel. da, 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 da. And I remember this woman sitting next to me. She was probably like the wife of some guy in the crew because she was just kind of, Ugh, I'm just hanging out, having a, having cocktails. And she goes, I go, I'm so frustrated. And she goes, if you can't get laid at this party, 
no one can. And I go, you're right, Missy. I go, I, she goes like, you just were the star of that show. And now you're sitting here alone with me on this couch in the middle of this party. I was like, I know it's bullshit. And so that's when I was like, I'm done. And I flagged the guy over. Like I was landing a plane. I go, you pointed. And I go over because I was just like, stop this. I might be masculine energy, but what you're supposed to do. So girls, if you are, if you're somewhere and you see a cute guy, this is harder, honestly, than just walking up to his table and being like, you're cute. I want to fuck you. You have to do a five second flirt, which is you make eye contact with them for one, two, three, four, five seconds, and then look away. You do not say anything. You just look very demurely like, oh no, and stare and then look down. And that is indicative and smile, a slight smile. I recently also read a trick if you're a runway model that really there was some girl on Dumois, the gossip blog asking about um she was walking her first fashion show and she was like what um what tips does anyone have for me that's walked on in like fashion weeks or whatever and all these models gave tips and one of them was like when you walk smile everyone do this now it's so fun smile so that you feel a sl- the slight corner only you can feel the corners of your mouth come up Yes, Noah, it's so good. It's so much better than you trying to like smirk. You know what I mean? Like if you're trying to smirk and not really smile, it's one thing. But if you do it so that it's almost imperceptible that your the corners of your mouth come up, like only you could tell it, you look so much like a Hadid. It like is the Hadid secret and tons of filler and work. I don't believe them when they say they have it, had it done. Their faces are totally different. Um, but Kylie Jenner's lips just, you know, they just got like that because of puberty. Um, Five second flirt. And when you go on a date with someone and you're meeting up with a guy who's a masculine energy, this is another thing from the book. And I know this is wild and a lot of guys will be rolling their eyes like, I don't like this. Then you're probably a feminine energy man. You can't be the first girl to talk. You can't be the first one to talk. Noah, remember when I met up with that guy and I was trying to change my energy? We met up and you guys, this guy was playing chicken with me because he, I think he probably heard me talking about the book, read the book, knew that I was going to do this thing where I don't talk first. Like he has to be the first to talk. I am so bad at letting awkward. I talked about this before. I don't like any awkward silence. I talk the whole time I'm on stage. I don't want anyone to, I want to run it. I want to start the convo. So I met up with this guy. I see him. We're meeting on the street. I see him from like an avenue away and we walk closer. I start like a halfway down the avenue. I usually am like, what up? And I start like dancing or like run and be like, yo, yo, yo. Like I'm always like greeting people way too soon. I had to hold it. We got inside the restaurant before, like neither of us, we hugged. He wasn't talking. I wasn't talking. I was like, this is, we, who's going to crack? And I eventually, I had to crack eventually because I couldn't handle it anymore. It went on so long. I'm, I'm masculine energy. Let's get Andrew in here. Andrew! Are you looking for some amazing TV to stream? Well, sink into your couch and indulge with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. We're talking some of the greatest comedies of all time. Absolute must-watch shows. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the crew in How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother are now streaming on Hulu right now. One of my favorite shows ever. And I mean, don't you want to know how he met their mother? Then go back home with the Dumfies, the Pritchetts, and the Pritchett Tuckers in Modern Family. Then you can start over with the Roses on Schitt's Creek. And then see what's up in the Kyle household in My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. I mean, can you even watch all of this? 
We think so. Head on over to Hulu and start streaming today. Now we're talking. Well, the weather is getting a lot warmer, and so your wardrobe probably needs an update. I know mine does, and it's so hard when you want to buy new stuff because you want it to last a long time, you want it to look really good, and you want it to, like, stand the test of time in terms of, like, fashion. At least that's what I want. And so that's why I love Quince, because Quince is all about effortless fashion that looks chic and timeless year-round. I'm talking premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. Washable silk top. They have so many chic jewelry pieces like these globe boho hoops. I love those. You could just blindly click and end up with such wardrobe essentials. They're not wasting your time at Quince. I love the Quince um, dress I got. I'm trying to find it because I want to say the exact name of it, but it's like this long sleeve dress, but it's like a midi skirt. It's so cute. It's like silky feeling. It's just, I've told you about it before. Okay, there's so much cute stuff on here. I got to go and get back to the podcast, but you know what to do. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Nikki for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E, Quince.com slash Nikki to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Nikki. Tired of hair removal tools that just don't cut it? Conair Girl Bomb gives you smooth, flawless results while putting you firmly in control. From achieving that silky smooth skin to boosting your inner confidence, Conair Girl Bomb is all about helping you elevate your self-care game. Whether it's creating a hype playlist, throwing yourself into a hobby, or scheduling some me time, self-care is important to keeping you feeling confident and empowered. It's time to take your hair removal routine to the next level. You can trust Conair Girl Bomb to get the job done right. Conair Girl Bomb gives you the secret weapons for achieving powerful results with ease. Designed with women in mind, these tools boast the Sassy Girl Bomb Grip for unparalleled handling and precision, along with professional grade blades to deliver results that you used to only get from men's tools. No more compromising. So, to all you incredible women out there, treat yourself to a little Conair Girl Bomb magic. Don't settle for anything less than perfection. Elevate your grooming game with Conair Girl Bomb. Available now at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, Nikki. How are you? I'm good. It was so cute this weekend. One of our besties was taking a photo with me at the meet and greet after the show. And she Mm. goes, can we get Andrew in the picture? And can you call him over like you do on the show? And so I go, Andrew! (laughs) (laughs) And then you came over and took a pic with all of us. It was so fun. Um, Uh, Shout out to uh, bestie Holly. She was there and I didn't didn't give her a shout out um, yesterday, I don't think. So what up, girl? Um, how are you this morning? How'd you sleep? 
I slept at Brenna's and um, mm-hmm. I didn't sleep. Oh, had to come back early this morning. Yeah, really early. Actually, I was pretty, I, I luckily was here on time. For some reason, I was thinking 10 a.m. just because I have no idea. I have no. Anyways, uh, yeah. Sometimes you just get it wrong time. I'm sorry about that. No, glad I, you're here. I'm a moron. Uh, I woke up at 4 a.m. You know, sometimes how I wake up in the middle of the night, and sometimes when you're alone, I must be lonely. It must be 4 a.m. somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you woke up at 4 a.m. And you know, when you're alone and you wake up in the middle of the night, it could be depressing, that hour alone. But Brenna was also awake. She couldn't sleep. And she just looked at me. Mm. She goes, I'm hungry. And I was like, obviously, mm-hmm. your boy's always hungry. And so I go, well, there's a chicken salad sandwich in the fridge. She goes, I'm not eating chicken salad at 4 a.m. That's not a 4 a.m. meal. And I and I was like, come on, we could do it. And I talked her into it. And Have some chicken salad. It's 4 a.m. <laughs> it's 4 okay, a.m. Yes, chicken salad. I mean... What's a 4 a.m. food? Like, of course, if chicken salad, my, it's, there's no 4 a.m. food. Brenna, come on. Come on, Brenna. Come on. What are you doing over there? So you had a chicken salad sandwich. Yeah. And you ate that at 4 a.m. And that's maybe why you didn't sleep well the rest of the night? No, no. And then I slept great afterwards. It was just nice to why have. Why are you getting depressed in the middle of the night at 4 a.m.? I don't know. My brain is a thing. I, maybe the Zoloft wears out. Maybe that's the one hour that it's not oh. there. I don't know. I know. No, and, and you wake up with anxiety? Like, what are you thinking about at 4 a.m. if you don't mind me asking that? Because I've woken up in the middle of the night before and I just go, maybe I'm a little agitated because I'm like, oh, I have to be up so soon and I don't want to get up yet. Yeah, and that it's kind something of thing. Like but that. it's not like I'm not like sad or I'm not like lonely or like, oh, life is worse right now than it ever is. It I, Honestly, I feel better in the middle of the night because I'm like everyone's asleep. No one's sending me emails. No one's expecting anything from me. It actually feels like the best time to be awake sometimes. So I'm just wondering what the feeling is that you have. Well, I think in the past. Oh, I shouldn't be asking you your feelings. Um, I mean. Tell me what you think in the middle of the night. I feel like I want to hear what you think in the middle of the night. I'm oh, trying to do the book on you. Uh, okay. Well, my feelings are. Um, no, 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 no. What do you think about in the? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Just tell me what. I'll be masculine energy to you. Uh, what? Hey, babe. Yeah. What do you feel in the middle of the night? Uh, tell. I, I think that you should tell me what you feel. I don't know if you could handle it. Uh, Wait, what? I, I think I probably can. <laughs> okay, but cool. Andrew, how do you feel? What, what's you know what it is? Now? I think I because I think a lot. Of I people think I like, might have a PTSD from. Uh, I used to have, whenever I would have panic attacks, it would be in the middle of the night. It'd be at like two a.m. And I think maybe when my brain wakes up, I think, oh shit, here comes maybe some kind of panic attack where I would be in my mm. hallways stretching, doing calisthenics to try to get the panic away. And uh, like in your hallway, where <laughs> in my apartment in New York, I used to like, I couldn't control myself. And I thought I literally was going to blow up. Like my brain was going to blow up essentially probably have a stroke or something or a seizure. Like you thought you're like, cause all the, pr- there was so much pressure yeah, in your head yeah, and I would try. Why wouldn't you take like an Excedrin or something? Like uh, my thought would be, uh, and, and I'm speaking as someone who's never had a panic attack, so I don't get it. And, and I know people toss that word around a lot or those words being like, and I like almost had a panic attack. It's like, no, you were just a little upset. Yeah. I, uh, because you were late for your flight, but it's a panic attack. You honestly feel like you're about to, your, your brain, skin's going to like rupture and your brain's going to explode. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, sometimes it'll be caused by heartburn, which I would then lead to a heart attack. And then you go, well, why don't you just take Zantac? It's like, cause my brain mm-hmm. isn't there to go, Oh, I'll just take this pill and be fine. 
and once I calm down a little and I take the pill, I go, <laughs> you know, but yeah. there's a moment for like 30 minutes and I know people probably go through You did through not it. learn to take care of yourself as a, as a child and um, probably you, you're not through any fault. They are good parents. You have lovely parents who I love so much, but they did not teach you how to take care of yourself and like oh, when you have this, let's do this. Like have tools for when things, you know, the basic tools because you get older and you learn, oh, when I'm doing this, maybe I should sit down and journal. Maybe I should call a friend, blah, blah, blah. But like even tools like take an Excedrin or, you know, you'll sometimes come to me and be like, NyQuil like helps you sleep. I'm like, (laughs) or you'll be like, you know, what really helped was like sitting down and, and breathing in and out deeply or so, you know, like yeah, there's yeah. this new app actually that I think you would love, Andrew. Is it called chicken salad? And honestly, it just popped up on my phone. It's called chicken salad at 4 a.m. <laughs> and Whoa. what it does is it finds the nearest place open that will deliver a chicken salad sandwich. And then it says, you idiot. It's 4 a.m. Go to sleep. Um, and uh, no one wants to eat chicken salad at 4 a.m. I'll tell you what, that's, though, it just tells you one, that. Of the, one of the cutest things you can do with a partner is eat in the dark with each other in bed. It really, oh, I don't know. I, just, I will never do that because, um, <laughs> part of my eating disorder recovery is that I don't eat in bed ever again. And it was really hard for me to pick that because when you would recover from an eating disorder, you have to. Uh, focus on because it's not like cut and dry like oh I'll stop drinking I'll stop smoking weed it's what behave what food behaviors lead you to feel terrible about yourself and even if they're like innocent at first and what foods maybe trigger binges what um so for me I don't starve myself anymore to look thin like sometimes I don't eat or I, I I'm not hungry yeah and I have to go, am I not hungry because I'm not hungry or am I not hungry because I'm trying to control something and trying to like look thinner or feel thinner? And honestly, I don't even have to ask myself that anymore because I don't do that ever. I, I was like, I gained probably like five to seven pounds the other day, which on my frame shows up and makes all my clothes tight because all my clothes are tight anyway. And it is uncomfortable, but it was nice because the other day I was just like, and if you relate to this, even if you're like, fuck you, bitch, seven pounds, I have to lose 60 or whatever. I, 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 I get that too. I don't get it, but I get, I get it in a way. And I'm not trying to um, act like woe is me because of seven pounds. But I just want to say that for skinny bitches out there and fat bitches, like, you know, that even a little incremental amount of weight, it doesn't matter. Like, it just can like throw you into a tailspin, even like a pound sometimes. And for me, usually it would make me starve the next day because I was, I looked pregnant. Like it was really fun. Like I was just like bloated and like just felt juicy and like voluptuous, which is not how I ever, I usually feel like bony and um, like just lanky. And I just, this is what I did. And I want to just pass this on to any people out there who might be having like a fat day. And maybe you're like, I'm fat every day. Shut up, Nikki. Um, what helped me was just, but I think this can help you as well. And first of all, you look great, fat person. And by the way, I've been sitting next to so many pe- fat people on flights. I honestly think that every time, because I've said before, please, if you're fat, sit next to me on a flight because I will never make you feel bad. I will never, I'll never make a fat person f- feel bad uh, on purpose ever, ever. And that's, I know that sounds like, oh, what a, thank you for doing us this the favor. But people are so rude to fat people. If you haven't heard me t- like go on a tirade against it, read Lindy West's book. Um, 
uh, shrill or read Roxane Gay's book Hunger and you'll understand the fat experience. But what I was going to say is that I, I just said, I looked in the mirror and I saw a body that I didn't really recognize. And I was just like, yes. Like I did. I wasn't like, Oh, I love myself because it, I wasn't feeling that way. Like I didn't like what I saw. Let me be honest. But I was just like, this is today. It's not forever. It doesn't mean that this is just a slippery slope into like, you know, for people who are anorexic, you think you're gaining one pound and you just think it's like, then throw in the towel. You're I'm, I'm obese tomorrow. Not that being obese is a, a bad thing, but you just are that you fear that like, I'm just going to lose control. And so then, but for some reason I was just like, I'm like on my period. I'm like right before my period, my body kind of expands. I've been eating more because I've been uh, dealing with stress and food helps me cope. So sometimes I eat a little bit more. My body also probably needs more food because I'm about to shed a ton of blood and vaginal lining. So it's preparing for that. It thinks I'm ready to have a, going to get ready to have a baby because I'm about to ovulate. So my body's holding on. Like I just talked myself through it and was like, this makes sense. Even if it was because I binged or was such a lazy ass, I didn't work out for whatever. I don't work out anymore, but let's say your scenario is like, no, Nikki, I'm fat because I fucking binged on all these cookies because I'm a fat piece of shit and I'm lazy and I don't work out. My friend asked me to go on a hike, but I said no because I wanted to sit on the couch and watch reruns of a, uh, you know the office and stuff my face and I was discussing, bitch, you needed that. You needed to do that. You were feeling things. That hike would have put you in a worse mood because you would have gone against yourself because you didn't want to go on a hike. You would have gone on that hike. Yeah, maybe you would have been snapped out of it and found some way. But maybe that hike would have made you feel even worse. Or maybe that class, that Peloton class, would have made you feel like you should eat two things of cookies. So just let yourself off the hook for feeling for whatever your body's doing today because what led to that was your coping mechanisms for how rough life is. And some people abuse Peloton classes to cope with how rough their life is. Some people eat tons of cookies to cope with it. Um, and so whatever you do, let yourself off the hook. I smoked weed yesterday. Didn't want to. Remember yesterday I said, maybe I'm going to quit smoking weed now. Guess what? I was having a day where I go, I need a little weed. I want to get out of my head. I'm feeling anxiety. I have to shoot a show tomorrow that I've never watched. There's been 14 seasons of it. I'm going on to the show that's very beloved. I need to give these people, you know, I'm going on as a celebrity guest judge. I need, I have to, I was feeling so much anxiety yesterday and I was like, I need to smoke a little weed. So I did. And, um, and then I was like, that's that instead of being like, you idiot, I was just like, good job, girl. You took care of that feeling and maybe it wasn't the best way to take care of it, but you needed it. And you know what it led me to do? Not smoke more weed. Because if I would have compounded it and been like, you idiot, why'd you smoke weed? I would have smoked more to deal with that stress. So let's all be nice to ourselves. Andrew, final thing that I want to say to you on before we get to the news or ask you is, um, how are you feeling with the impending um, departure of your lady? I think a lot of the stress you or she might be going through that's waking you up at 4 a.m. might be related to a big move that she has to do. Mm -hmm. Like she might be having, and the fact that she's leaving and that sometimes happens. Like when I was recently in a romance where we had to part ways, I could tell that the last couple days of it, I was a total bitch and he was a total jackass. And it was all because we like cared about each other so much and we're so sad to go and weren't ready to like actually address those feelings. Do you feel like that might be it? Um, she's, uh, 
she's one of those people that doesn't procrastinate. She's like getting ready for the move a month early. And I right. wish she just like did everything the day before instead of like because it's a constant reminder. <laughs> constant reminder that she's leaving, so that's sad. And also But her, are you talking about keeps, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good. We're good. And she keeps selling but, things in the house. So like the couch is gone. Her uh everything is just <laughs> like slowly like she's disappearing through her th- yeah. tangible things in her house. And it's just funny yeah. now that the only thing left is the bed and the chicken salad sandwich that we ate. And, and <laughs> that's so sweet. And but it's just like it's a slow move, which is hard. Like yeah. I'm so used to living like a gypsy and being like, okay, I'm gone. Yes. Like, yeah, like I'm not thinking about we, it. We pack an hour before we leave for the yeah. road. Like there's no planning because if you plan, then you have to focus on the thing that you're yes. dreading. Let's just wait till the last second uh-huh. before we plan our set. Before, yeah. So, well, can so I ask that's you hard. This? And, but you know, I care about her and like, I've, have you talked about you guys in the future? Is that conversation happening at all? Mm, not because I'm guessing it's not. And that's why you're waking up at 4am. No, I, I don't I'm guessing you haven't talked about it. I think you're being like a like a, a live medium here, but I don't think that that's the. I don't. I really don't. I'm small, I, but okay. Oh, <laughs> I'm saying during your period, just as that one day. <laughs> Wait a second. I know you're you're try you're 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 avoiding it, I'm but not, I'm not, I think I'm, I'm right. I don't think I don't I think, think I'm right. I don't know. I mean, I don't think there's a right well, and wrong. I here. think if you've talked about it, um, you would have just said, "Yeah, we've talked about it, Nikki." No, but instead I'm not, you're saying I'm not, no, I'm not deflecting it. You didn't let me get it out. I we haven't talked that's about a good it. Point. We- <laughs> you're right. I didn't let you talk. So I, talk. I, I I don't think that we we've had kind of conversations about it, but both of us have come to the conclusion that there's no reason to worry about the fu- what the future will bring. Let's live present. Let's be happy now. The days are now, and in the future we'll figure it out. That's and that's great. And I don't know. I just don't think dreading on. Okay, but when you're there and I'm traveling and I don't see you for two and a half weeks, what are we gonna do? It's like we'll handle it then. That's how I I I feel. Brenna is a different person than I am. She's much cooler and like just she's ages. She's so much. She's the best. I, I, you know how much of a fan I am of Brenna's. Always have been, but in the past couple weeks, like it's elevated to like I want to be her best friend and I want her in my life forever and I want you guys to be together forever. <laughs> um, because I just feel so comfortable with her and I just feel like I have my own relationship with her. That's not even has to like can be separate from you, which yeah. is just so special to me. And I feel like so I'm not talking about your experience. I'm saying from me, um, or, or and I'm not talking about what Brenna might be feeling either, because I I think we're so different. But for me, I would feel the same way of like let's just live in the now. But also, then why is she selling things and getting like planning a move? Why if she if she likes to just live in the present, you know, like for me, I would go. I would want. What would it the would conversation be? Go, Here's you. the next time yeah. we'll see each other. Okay, this is this is what this is. You know what it would feel good, Noah, and I think you'll agree with me. Is that if, based on when I move to wherever, if I wanted to continue seeing this person, which I think you guys like are still going to stay in touch. This isn't like goodbye for you're not breaking up. No, uh, it seems like even though you haven't talked about it, then I would just want a date on the books when I'm going to see you next. That okay. isn't you taking me to Chicago to move. I would just like, let's look at our calendar just because then then it's like, yes. we'll be fine. I, I get like, that. We're going to see each other again. And so maybe that makes that. sense. 
That makes sense. And it might, I mean, get, it might help you wake up at uh, 5 a.m. Well, here's the thing. And eat tuna salad. But here's yeah. the thing. <laughs> I I care. What's the thing? I, I, I think I showed how much I care about her by going. She didn't ask me to help her move to Chicago. She didn't ask me to drive with her. Yeah, she's really good about that. She doesn't ever like. It's probably in the she book. She never seems like she needs or whatever. things. Yeah. But I no, was, I know she gave. I was surprised she gave me that book in front of you. <laughs> Did that make you feel any certain way? Uh, well, here's the thing, yeah, though. I, yeah, I brought I up, it. I brought up going with her to Chicago, so I think that showed to her that, like, and I have said I want to stay together. Like, I have voiced that. Yeah, it's like when the guy after I blew him walked me to the elevator, holding my hand, and then bowled me into it, and just like let me in. Like, oh, I was like, he's gonna take me there, and then he just. Bold me into the elevator and wave goodbye. So it's oh. not just because you're moving her there doesn't necessarily. I mean, it, I'm just kidding. I'm, I, no, it is I a know. very nice Look, thing. Am I going to get all the way to Chicago? Probably not. I'll probably turn around in champagne after she <laughs> blows me on the side of the road. If that's what you're thinking. <laughs> and yes, no, the bitch I just book, feel like you guys oh, always sorry. feel. I always hear good things from you when you've had the talk, when you've had a talk that you both have been avoiding having. Things seem to be very good if you force yourself to have that. And I've heard this before from you of. We don't need to. Things are fine the way they are. We don't need to have a talk. Yet the one time that you guys did have a talk and establish your relationship, the next day you were so much more into her and, and not into her, but like you just, it, it changed something in you the next day. I just saw you like loving and appreciating her on a level that um, you weren't comfortable admitting to yourself before. And it was because you had a hard conversation that you were saying, I don't need to have it. We're just flying by the seat of our pants. It, there's security in having a conver- sure. the hard conversations, but not necessarily this one. And it's obviously your own relationship and I'm projecting all over you. Let's get to the news. <laughs> the news. Up here early. Here we go. Up here early. You heard it here first. <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah, you heard it here first. Yeah, you heard it here first. Ah, oh, man. Tuesday, I know it's a tough day, tough day Tuesday, TTs, but you're having a good time out there and you're having all the swells for sure. All right, first headline. Mm-hmm. Th- this is interesting because I don't think you've done this yet, uh, but I could see you oh. doing this in the future, Nikki. Do crystals work for anxiety and depression? Modern science says no. It's a placebo effect. Past science says yes. How do you... F- okay, so... Past science. Yeah, I don't really understand that, but... Uh, like Bunsen burners and like, <laughs> like those microscopes like a you thousand use years in, of, of history before uh, modern medicine. And what and what does that mean? Like what 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 studies did, were the <laughs> Mayans doing with crystals that they've documented? Like Noah, you seem like a crystal person. <laughs> Thank you. I feel like you're getting a little. I didn't mean it as a compliment. <laughs> you can't did argue it? with a thank Made you. It as a compliment. <laughs> um. No, I mean like. I, I, you seem like someone, well, first of all, I believe in fucking God. So crystals, God, it's all the same shit. You know, like that's, I, I, it's spiritual. I, someone, I read somewhere that someone goes, why do all, why do the crystals that like change your life and center you and help your blood flow and all these things, why are they always so beautiful? Why can't it just be a fucking rock that you shove up your puss and it gives you, it harnesses energy? You know, like, why is it always a beautiful, shaped, you know what it reminds uh, me of? smooth egg? You know, like, why can't it be like an old piece of gravel from your, you know, <laughs> uncle's driveway? Remember Indiana Jones when, you know, he chooses the cup of life no. 
the cup of life is like there's all these shiny beautiful cups and the cup that actually gives you internal life is a piece of shit cup and it reminds it's me it's a bowl from your apartment that you <laughs> gave to a girl after you slept with her hey look that's the if past if you haven't been listening to that's the, sh- the if, if you're new to the show if you've been following us since the U Up days Andrew once uh, didn't have glasses in his New York apartment and he offered a girl a bowl of water um, it was hilarious you gotta watch wa- go watch uh, the YouTube clip of Judy Gold on You Up on and uh, how disgusted she was by the bowl situation but you bring um, up a good point yeah. about the past stuff it's like I'll always read things and it's not just the crystals but they'll be like a hundred or a thousand years ago they used this it's like they didn't have modern science they didn't have Mm. they also cut people in half to have them bleed out the disease they would they would bleed out yeah yeah yeah. they're like but this is what they did back then it's like yeah they didn't have this like why are we modern science comes from i believe so much in first of all the placebo effect is works better than medicine a lot of times like just your mind and i've said on the show before that i uh cured or i like made um uh, a cold sore go away (laughs) on my lip from meditating and from harnessing energy and just thinking in in, in the same way with crystals like putting a a rock in your pussy there's this (laughs) yeah there was was. a jade egg that my friend kirsten (laughs) was trying to get me to buy to put up my pussy that she hadn't bought, but her friend did. And it's like supposed to, because I was suffering with my libido last year, but it turns out it was just like my hormones. It wasn't because I didn't have a rock up my snatch. Um, and it's all like, okay, if I have a, this rock in my vagina, I'm aware that there's a rock. I may be thinking like things are happening. It's placebo effect. And placebo effect is so powerful. Science doesn't even understand it. So um, I did want to explain though, real quick, I'll do a motor mouth for a second, so slow this down if you want to understand it. Uh, I got a question about how I cured my own um, cold sore with my mind. So I was doing this show called Roast Battle for Comedy Central. I was getting picked up uh, to go film uh, an episode, and I had three days of filming, like five episodes or six episodes in three days. I was starting a cold sore on my lip. There was a tingling. There was a bump. I couldn't believe it because I had only gotten a cold sore once, and it was like 10 years prior, and it was terrible. And all of a sudden, I'm feeling a cold sore. I start Googling it, and all the symptoms of this cold sore are showing up. And now it is at the point where the cold sore is at a point where everything I'm reading says, there's no turning back. This is going to happen. Just accept it. It's going to blister. It's going to do this. Here are the preventative measures. You can go to CVS and get a patch for it, and then you can put makeup over it. I'm about to shoot a show and have this giant thing on my lip that is going to blister within a couple days. And everything I read was, there's no no turning back. There's nothing you can do. You can just treat the blister and make it, don't pick at it. Da, da, da. And I'm like, fuck, you know what? I'm throwing in the towel. So I have tw- I have an hour before I get picked up for my um, for this shoot. The car is showing up in my place. I can either go to CVS and get one of the patches. I can go get um, a Breva, all these things. I'm past that point based on all the things I'm reading where this thing is, I can't stop it in its tracks. It's done. Um, it's happening. Instead, I go, you know what? I'm going to meditate because maybe just my, I know that these come on from nerves and from anxiety. That's what triggers herpes and different things like that. I don't have herpes vaginally, but like cold sores are a form of herpes. And so I was like, okay, stress. So I'll, I'll meditate. I meditated for 20 minutes and all I said during my meditation was, you're done. I was, I focused so much on the cold sore, the tingling, felt it all, just really focused on it the whole time. Like, like the way you focus on your breath for meditations. And I said to it, you're done. I got, you came here to warn me that I was nervous. I, you served a purpose. I hear you. Thank you so much, but you don't need to keep going. I'm done with you. You're going to go away now, but thank you. I thanked it. I was gentle to it. And I said, no more. And I swear to God, it went away within hours. 
within hours, a, a herpy, a herpy th- thing on my lip that was destined by every account that I read online to turn into a blister went away. So that's what I'm talking about. It's like the, the power of the mind. I really did do that. I don't think it can do like, I'm not saying that you can cure cancer by meditating or anything, but I turned a cold sore back around in its tracks. I don't know how I did it, but all I did was think gentle thoughts. So I believe that crystals, whatever gets you to think positively about your body and think that something might be helping it spiritually is a beautiful thing and let's do it. So, and crystals are beautiful. Um, next story. But. Yeah. No, no I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. <laughs> shove so, it up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I should shove a crystal up my ass. I'm, no, I'm I, I'm gonna, more play I, anyway. I'm going to start just put, getting the ugliest rocks on earth. And just being and just seeing what it will happen, and I'll and I'll, yeah, I'll check in. I'll get you a crystal, Andrew. <laughs> I'm gonna get you a crystal. I think it might help you. You know what it is um, about the crystal though. Did, oh, the crystals are very what? they're very smooth, and if you put them in your hand, mm-hmm. they act as like a fidget spinner. And if you play with yes. it, it does do something there as well. Calming. What? What? Yeah, Noah. I, I, I was love laughing. How, how you you call it a fidget spinner, where that's like modern, yeah, that's, and the rock the, the crystal is like. Yeah. Yeah, it's the the modern. Yeah, the fidget spinners, the the modern crystal. Yeah, geologists no longer go by geologists; they go by uh, uh, Earth-made fidget spinnerist. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you're gonna love this next story, Nick. I'll tell you what: HBO Max drops the trailer. We were all over the news yesterday. The news. Uh, Can I play it? Can we play a clip from the trailer? Yes. Uh, Can we just play the very end, Noah? Yeah. F-Boy Island coming out July 29th, y'all. The trailer came out yesterday. It's on my Instagram. I'll tell you. It came out during the show yesterday. In New York Post, you were like the second line, like host, Nikki Glazer. And then the last line is producer, Nikki Glazer, motherfucker. Yes. and executive producer. I didn't see any of these. I love it. I was getting Google alerts for my name all day yesterday, and it was all F-Boy stuff. People are fucking stoked. You know, as someone who watched the show get made and knows what happens and everything, I can't look at it objectively. I know, like, I know I'm excited about the show, but just the response yesterday and how so many of my, like, when I posted it, all the comments of that people are excited about it on on my um, Instagram from, like, my friends who I know like good reality, it was just so nice to see, like, Everyone who has good taste in reality is like stoked for the show. And you should be. It's going to be so good. Okay, <laughs> listen to this clip. I was listening and, to my um, ex-boyfriend's radio show today and they were doing like their Hollywood Minute. And even they talked about it and they played this clip and I was so excited to see them um, play it. So you I, could start at about like two minutes. No, or like uh, I would say like 2.15. I read some comments and obviously, you know, it's it's a very, it's already polarizing, which is great for reality TV. You want people to be yes. like, I don't understand that. And then you want people to be like, here's the clip. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Why are you crying? Are you okay? I hate this man. This is the type of treatment you get. You're an F boy. This is a game, but we are not a game. Cheers to that. Oh shit. And then there's a little, feel free to take your shirts off at any time, you guys. I just want you to be comfortable and for me to be comfortable. <laughs> that was your... I love that they put that at that the end. That was your Oscar... You, that scene where that little clip is from? Yeah, you... you at the end. That was your... I mean, you were incredible that day. And I mean, it was Thanks, really Andrew. like unbelievable to watch. 
and you brought humor uh-huh. and reality and you listened to these guys and you made it, it human. Was, you made it human. And it was I'm like so really gl- that well, was a funny. very special day for me because yeah, after I got done with that, I felt really so when I was shooting the scene that you see where I say the the comfort if you take your shirts off, it'll be more comfortable for me and you. Um that was a scene that was kind of we just like we're kind of making on the fly like is this even gonna work and it turned into something so special that was both real and funny and my ex-boyfriend you know we still like flirt and send each other like funny stuff and he always says like the best combo of you is when you're like hot and funny which usually don't work but he's always like my favorite combo is hot and funny like this morning I was walking to get Starbucks and there's a street called Dick's uh near me and uh, I was on my way. I saw the street. It's like Dick's Street. Dick's. And so I just took a picture of the sign. I'll show you the picture I sent to him. Um, of me with my mouth like open. Like I'm like the the dicks are like just coming into my mouth. <laughs> Do you see the sign yeah, dicks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he like he was like that. He goes perfect combo because I know he always loves when it's funny and hot. But um, that to me was both that scene that we shot was so special and it was so nice because I actually got a text from two HBO execs who were watching the show. And this was a month ago and I hadn't seen anything of the show. And they wrote to me and I just got from two random numbers, HBO execs, which like they weren't even in touch with me during the show. I was like heard from them through other people. We had like one Zoom meeting and that was it. But um they texted me to say, holy shit, these scenes are so funny. We can't get over it. And I go, guys, I'm so happy that you understand how like special that was because that was that day. Everyone felt like, whoa, this is a separate show in and of itself. Those scenes I shot and your Andrew, your comments to me after that made me feel so good because you see everything I do. And like after a while, you're just like, okay, like you're saying on this, you watched all my sets. You just like to have someone who's seen you do so much stuff go, whoa, that was special. You should win. Like I, I want to be up for like an, a, a hosting Emmy for this. The Emmys are being announced today, but I hope next year, a year from today, um, I get a, a host Emmy nomination because, and you know what? I hope I get one for the second season of F boy Island. Cause I hope we get one because I really want to take that up a notch, but I really just appreciated your enthusiasm for my performance that day. It like meant so much to me when you go, Whoa, wait a second, dude. Like, because you always say good job, great set, whatever, but you were just like, that was something special. And I felt it too. And it was just like, so nice to have that validated from you. And again, I was so happy to have you on that Mm -hmm. show and it's going to be so fun to watch it with you. And to see the lines that you gave me come to life and like that you contributed so much and it was like so worth it to me because I told my mom the other day how much I had to pay out of pocket for you to be on the show with me and she was like oh my god and I go it was so worth it because not only emotional support and you stepped it up have I mean people who have been listening to the show you heard this happen where it was like uh, like because we started this sh- we started this show when I was down there shooting F-Boy and I couldn't say it at the time, but if you go back and listen to old episodes, Andrew and I kind of like went through a time where I was like, I need you to be like helping. I need more acts <laughs> of service from you around set. Like when you go get a coffee, get me one, like things like that. So you stepped it up in those ways, but creatively you were like, so, um, so Im- important to have. And I gave you credit yesterday for the Del Taco line you gave me and how like <laughs> you always sacrifice lines that you come up with for the greater good, uh, being me sometimes is the greater good. Um, but so thank you. And thank you to everyone who's spreading the word about F boy on your socials, get on board. Like let's, um, 
Let's all gear up for it. And uh, I'm going to be doing a podcast, I think. Like, I'm, I'm going to be appearing on a, a, a podcast about it that you can subscribe to at some point when I find out the details of that. And what else did I want to say about it? Um, yeah, I'm just excited that everyone's excited about the show. And I kind of forgot it was coming out. It was a nice little treat uh, to get that. And there was one other... Oh, I went and did um, some more voiceover for it yesterday because there were some things that, like, we just needed, like... You know, there's a thing called ADR where you go back... Sometimes on shows, you'll be watching reality shows and you'll see like a couple lines where you're like, okay, you never see their mouth moving and that kind of doesn't sound like their voice. Yeah. That's when they're just filling in. So yesterday I went in, only two lines of the whole thing are not going to be what was really said. And it was only because I didn't say it in the right way. And it was so fun to go in because I went in and I was, they just let me be so uh like I was like this line's okay but can I spice it up and make it funnier and I was able to they were just so fun it was so fun to go back in there and mess around with the show and it's gonna be so funny I just want to assure you like if you're a girl out there or a guy out there that you have a partner who doesn't like reality shows get them into this one because I swear to god everything they hate about reality shows I'm gonna be making fun of with them so they'll have a voice on the show that's like acknowledging how ridiculous the show is Whereas that same voice me is going to be talking about how amazing the show is. Let's get to why do I care? Thank you so much, Noah, for including F boy in the news. That's news. What can I, I can't, I can't help it. It's just news. <laughs> it's news. You know, there's another it, show yesterday that came out, uh, announced that I am also on, but I can't say that I'm on. So I had a double news day, but one was a thing I can't talk about. Why do I care? <laughs> Why do I care? I don't what, what is this know. Be about? I don't even know why you'll care about this, to be honest. But <laughs> we'll serious. find out. I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Jason Sudeikis uh, breaks his silence on Split from ex-fiance Olivia oh, Wilde. Oh, I kind of timed up with this. the Ted Lasso uh, coming out. I mean, he planned it yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I'm going to the Ted Lasso premiere on Thursday. I know. I kind of wish so I was going to that. I'm jealous. I know. I wish you were too. I should have invited you instead of the person I invited. <laughs> oh, is that person going? Yeah, I'm going to. I'm probably. Uh, I might disinvite because I'm just like I, I'm using this as a. I want this is a great opportunity. I have a. I have an invite to the number one show that so many people love, and I want the. It's yeah. So I don't know. I I I might. Uh, I might take away the invite. <laughs> Oh, no. Change of plans. Oh, boy. Well, Andrew, read read what he said. Yeah, yes. Uh, <laughs> I Sorry. I swear I, to I God I was going to get there. No, I swear to God. All right. Thank you. All right. So Jason Sudeikis said to GQ, uh, the magazine, um, I'll have a better understanding of why in a year and then even better one in two and an even greater one in five. And it'll go from being, you know, a book of my life to becoming a chapter to becoming a paragraph to a line to a word to a doodle. 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 <laughs> Holy shit. We should start saying doodle instead of doodle. doodle. It just like kind of takes the edge off of dude. Um, I love that. Because isn't that true? You know what I was just reading the other day was there was this web, there's this um, celeb account I follow where it's just paparazzi shots and sometimes they just like post like, remember back when there was this celebration, the Instagram post of couples you forgot existed and there was one of Samantha Ronson. Remember the DJ Samantha Ronson and Lindsay Lohan? Remember Lindsay's uh, uh, yeah, lesbian yeah, relationship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was everything. That was like, that was everything everywhere this is like circa 2007 2008 everywhere was Lindsay lohan in a gay relationship they were together like over a year 
I completely forgot. Other things, Paris Hilton sex tape, Kim Kardashian sex tape. These things that seem like they define you as a celebrity or as a person, and maybe maybe there's something in your life that you can kind of say, oh, this injury, this car crash I had, this car crash of a relationship. It, it It's so true. In a year, it's a chapter. In five years, it's a line. Like, the, Lindsay Lohan, I, I didn't even think of Samantha Ronson, even though that was all I thought of her at one point. So it's such a nice reminder and what a great way to say it. I love that quote. I love it because it's acknowledging that it's that it is a big deal for him right now. It's not taking away from that. And it's also looking forward uh, to a time where it's it. it he had so many great says lines when you're going through breakup. It's going to get easier. It just give it time. And it's so hard to hear that. But it really is true. And um, I'm getting ready to go to the Ted Lasso premiere and. You know, my stylists charge $1,500 a look as they deserve. That's what it costs in Hollywood to look good. And I'm doing a show tomorrow or today and tomorrow, $1,500 each look, $3,000. I'm getting paid, I think, seven to do this show. So there goes three of it. 500 for hair and makeup, 500 for um, both days. So, uh, or 500 each for hair and makeup both days. There goes 2,000. So two plus three. So there goes five. Um, of the seven, I'm only going to walk away after 30% is taken and then another. So I'm spending money to do the show. Not a big deal. Love my stylist, Danny and Emma Style. I'm wondering if I have them dress me for the Ted Lasso premiere. I was like, okay, should I get them to style me for that $1,500? It might be worth it. I'm going to get a red carpet look. I'm going to have the Ted Lasso fucking sign behind me, which is a cool thing. Like I'm going, to, I'm going because not because I'm trying to get photographed, but because it's my favorite show. And Bill Lawrence is my friend. And um, Jamie Lee, who writes on the show is my friend. A couple other people I know that are associated with the show. I'm going because uh, as a fan, but I'm like, should I dress up? Should I make it look great? And then I remembered that Jason Sudeikis collected his Golden Globe Award for Best Actor in a comedy series in a tie-dye sweatshirt on his couch for Ted Lasso. The Ted Lasso vibe is not a $1,500 styled look. It's whatever you want it to be. Yeah, it's like and 800 That's what I love yeah. about the show. It's just like, well, do whatever you want. He actually Lasso, responded uh, to that. What's his name is actually dating. He, uh, what? he responded to that. He goes, they go, well, were you depressed? Were you high? You know, that's what everyone put on oh, it. The, the, and he the, goes, the shirt, yeah. He goes, I didn't want to wear just the fucking top half of a Tom Ford suit. I love Tom Ford suits, but it looks fucking ridiculous. <laughs> like, that yes. was his reasoning. He's like, I'm, I'm not going to put on a suit. I'm in my house. Like, I mean, granted, he could have yeah. put on a little bit nicer of a shirt, but whatever. I'm going on a show tomorrow where it's the studio is freezing. I want to just tell everyone, big Hollywood secret, Ellen's not that nice. And also, um, every studio is freezing. Every time you see a, a TV show where it's like a studio audience, and if you go to a studio audience thing, I'm telling you right now, uh, this is saving so many fucking girls right now. Bring a blanket, bring sweaters, bring a cardigan. It's fucking cold during a studio taping. Every single one. And I wish that they warned people before that they show up to, you know, Conan or whatever. It's always cold. So they told me on the on the sheet, they go... You know, she'll need a look for this. She'll need a really glam look for this. They go, but after she walks, after we get the full body shot, she's going to be seated behind a table and you won't be able to see her lower half. So bring blankets and like warm socks and everything. So 
when you see the show that eventually I'll tell you about, <laughs> I will be in like my bottom half will be cozy, 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 and the top half will be like uh, you know Tom Ford suit. I think um, it'd be funnier if they you wore a wear a little hot skirt under the table and then dress like a gypsy up top. <laughs> <laughs> You don't even, and then you stand up at the end to reveal that like my bottom half was so hot the whole time. It was so hot the whole time. Um, yeah, I. But the thing is, my stylist, whenever I'm like, girls, please, I don't. We don't need to wear in these shoes. I'm gonna be sitting, and you can't even see my lower half. They're like, can you just like wear it all because it just completes the look. And they're very like, they want the whole look, and I get that. Like. Even even if I was like, so let's say I went on a show and I was telling a joke and they were like, we're only going to use a punchline. I'd be like, can I just do the whole joke so the punchline is delivered with the same rhythm that, you know, last night when I was doing, yesterday I was doing ADR for this scene. They played me for, first of all, sorry, sorry, I'm tangenting here, which I should just, this whole show should be sorry, I'm tangenting. Um, they, they showed me, I haven't seen any F-Boy clips. They've sent me them, but I can't watch them because I'm just too, I don't like watching myself, especially when I can't change anything. And also it hasn't aired yet. So there's an air of like, you could change it, you know? And I definitely don't. So once it's airing, I'll watch because there's no more looking back. But right now it feels like I could go, like, you guys, can you do the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and I can't really, you know? So I was watching it yesterday. I look fucking gorgeous. Like I look so good. Yeah, you're Thank radiant. You so much yeah. to Julie. Uh, thank you so much to Robin. Thank you. So, I like, I thank you so much to Robin for painting my legs every day and, and making my eyebrows as dark as I wanted them, even though you, you kind of rolled your eyes a couple times. It, I looked stunning. I'm so excited about how I look because, you know, but, but more than anything, I was, um, I yesterday I was trying to match my voice cause we're trying to fill in the, the same, like I'm trying to do a line for that scene. So I watched the scene. And I went into the ADR, like, I was a little husky yesterday. I was kind of like, ah, like, hi, guys, how's it going? And then I look at the clip, and I'm, like, do, saying the line, and I was like, it would be so funny because the, the whole thing is like, girls, so tonight is a big decision. So you got to make sure that, like, it would have fit so wrong. So I had to, like, watch the thing and remember how I was feeling that day because I remember every single scene I shot and how I was feeling right before because what I did based on what I was wearing, I can tell what mood I was in. And I was in like the best mood of my life down there. So it was really fun to like try to harness that energy of like, oh, I was like in love and I was with my best friends and I was in paradise and COVID <laughs> wasn't an issue. And like life was, and I just was like, had to, it was funny when you think like that and you go, okay, be that your voice will sound different. It was really f fun to do, but I had to like get into, I went in like b bedraggled after a long <laughs> Uber ride over the hill, over to Burbank. And I got to Burbank. I went on a 40 minute Uber ride to do two lines. I was like, guys, I could have done this in my hotel room with my podcast mic, but um, it ended up being really fun. Anyway, why do I care? Because Jason Sudeikis really boiled down life give it time and it will seem so much more inconsequential. I love that advice of like, you know what the hard thing, this thing though, that you're worried him, about today. Will you be upset in, in one year? What will this feel the same? Like think project one think year it, in the future and think how you might feel about it. I think it depends on, uh, it will, it will be a longer doodle or stay farther away from the doodle to longer Harry and her stay together. I think it might be just because it will just be a constant reminder. Oh, Harry That's, styles. Yeah. The longer that they stay together. Yeah. 
Yeah. Hopefully they break up soon. Be together a while. Yeah. I just saw pictures of them on a boat, and, and he's also dating a girl named Keely from not Keely, yes. some girl from Ted Lasso, who's adorable, and he seems like he's in the middle of it, like falling in love. So I think he's probably pretty good, but it must be real tough um, to share kids with someone and have to like when you break up and you have kids, you got to keep seeing them, and that's the why you don't have kids. Um, so let's move on to Reddit dump. It's Tuesday, so this is where I go through all my saved Reddit posts. You know, I'm a big redditor. I recommend it to everyone. It's where I get so many like random pieces of information. Uh, I love Ask Reddit. That's my favorite one. That's where people ask funny questions or weird questions, and you get amazing stories from people who comment. Okay, so this one is Ask Reddit. What is the most unexplainable thing that has ever happened to you? I always love these because they're always like supernatural and like kind of ghost stories. And these are just like normal people who are like, I swear to God, this is like what happened to me. So this was one when I was around 15. This is from flip flop prob. When I was around 15, my, pro my parents left me home alone for the weekend. And I was thinking, this is awesome. I can chill, play games all weekend and eat what I want. Went to sleep Friday night and then woke up to my mom, mom waking me up to what I thought was the next morning. So I asked, what happened? I thought you were going out of out, out the whole weekend. To which she replied, what are you talking about? It's 4 p.m. Sunday. I have no idea what happened to those two days. I didn't leave the house. There was no food or washing up that had changed since they left. I hadn't looked at my phone. There were unread messages from Saturday morning, but I refused to believe I was asleep the whole time. Whoa. There was another guy. A really strong feeling kept me out of a high-rise building during an earthquake. I was staying late at work with some colleagues. Our office was located on the 40th to 50th floor. I suddenly had a really strong thought that, wow, if an earthquake were to hit now, the dash downstairs would be chaotic. I tried to brush it off, but couldn't. The feeling was so strong. And it's not like I'm used to working in high-rise buildings. I've been working at the place for... And it's not like I'm not used to. I've been working there for two years at this point. I decided to leave and work from home, which was only 15 minutes away on foot. Just as I arrived home, an earthquake struck. It was pretty intense, and thankfully, everyone at the office was all right, just freaked out but it was so strange that something told me to leave just minutes before it happened i think that guy's a dog oh. you know how dogs yeah like, yeah they know when before. thunderstorms are happening yeah, yeah it turns out that redditor was a dog yeah, um but he does and then good another work. said that another, another unexplained thing is that time <laughs> i fell into a glass door and the only thing that broke was the keys in my pocket i don't understand that but that's i guess interesting um uh, if you have an unexplained moment, Andrew, I'd love to hear it. Uh, oh, this one's good again. Okay, so I shared this a, a, a couple Reddit dumps ago, but this one is from, um, and I wanted to reiterate it because this one actually worked a little bit better to calm your thoughts almost instantly. I think the last one I told you was to calm your thoughts is to uh, close your eyes and don't move your eyes. Focus on don't moving your eyes or something like that. But yeah. this one's even better. This is uh, from Reddit, the subreddit meditation. Pro tip, want to stop overthinking during meditation or during your daily life? Stop moving your eyes. Hey everyone, I just want to share a little tip that's been working for me. I believe I learned this tip from a comment in the subreddit a while ago, which is the one that I read to you guys, but I, it didn't get much attention, so I wanted to ensure that more people saw it, which is why I'm bringing it up again too, because it really helps. Okay, so everyone try this now. Basically, if you catch yourself in a huge whirlwind of thoughts, at 4 a.m. eating a chicken salad sandwich alone or with your girlfriend, yum, yum, yum. pay attention to what your eyes are doing. In most cases, they're, be, they're darting around instead of staying still. This is so interesting because, uh, side note, e EMDR, uh, the, the eye therapy where you track your eyes, eyes uh, cause us, I didn't know how much what you look at and how your eyes move determine what is going on in your brain. And this really proves it. Basically, if you catch yourself in a huge whirlwind of thoughts, okay, um, once you notice this, that your eyes are darting around, try holding your gaze in one position. This can be done with eyes open or closed. You should immediately notice a much lower rate of thoughts. You can even try this right now. Find any object or 
on the wall. Then stare at it without moving your eyes. You should notice your thoughts are coming in much less frequently and are more manageable. Let's do it right now, okay? Okay, I'm going to look. Okay, that kind of worked. The reason I decided to share this tip this morning is because I was just discussing REM sleep and dreaming with someone. For those that don't know, your REM cycle is the phase of your sleep where you have rapid eye movement. I may not be the first person to make this correlation, but I haven't seen it mentioned anywhere before. So like when you're dreaming a lot, your eyes are darting around, like you're thinking a lot, you're seeing things. So uh, someone else shared um, that another trick is to scan the room very slowly. That could be good, that could work for you. There was one I loved, this was the best one. The ins this is insane, but you can try this right now. When you focus on your peripheral vision, the thoughts stop. So look at a point. This one's even better. Look at a point, the same point you were just looking at. Now look at your peripheral vision without looking at it. Just focus on it. Just keep the keep your eyes on the point, but just focus on your peripheral vision. What's that? Like your side vision? And your vision? mind calms. Yeah, peripheral is like your side, but don't look to the side. Okay. Just be aware of it. When you're staring at the point in front of you, stare at it. But then be aware of your peripheral vision, the ring around it. But don't, just aware of it. Don't look at it. And your thoughts will calm. I can't do it right now because I'm hosting a show, but it actually does work. I just, and I just wanted it. to share that with people. I'm pretty chill right now. <laughs> I really am. Uh, oh, good. <laughs> just talking about I, it. I really, yeah. I think I think you should try that, Andrew, as like a, a quick fix because I instantly thought of it. It's you just hard in a I dark room. I'm not being funny. Well, I'm just saying like. No, no, no. Well, you can just stare, at, but you can do it with your eyes closed. So it doesn't, it, this is the same okay. thing. Just stare, just steady your eyes and then focus on the sides. Like pay attention to the sides without looking at them. Did you ever do this I'll when you're, you oh, okay, never mind, never mind. But when oh, you would wait, look what, in a closet, when you would look in a closet, like I would try and you would see like the, the clothes hanger would like turn into a person <laughs> that ever happened yes. to you. Yes. Oh my God. Oh yeah. So scary. Well, I, <laughs> like someone I, shared this on the subreddit <laughs> that they sometimes would like, the peripheral vision thing, it happens to me sometimes where I stare and I'm just locked into a stare because I'm so zoned out. And it's that locked peripheral vision. Someone shared that they were a kid and they used to not be able to get out of it and that they would have to literally touch their eyeball to get out of it. Oh, wow. And I relate to that. Remember the time that I was and I was staring and the Starbucks guy was like, Nikki, and I like waited. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that time I shared yeah, those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was locked into one of those visions. That was a lock. I, uh, that reminded me, I wasn't trying to be cool as much as I just wanted <laughs> to stay in that like calming, locked in. It was a good light, lighting for you, though. Okay, I loved this so much. <laughs> this is from True Off My Chest. This is where someone just like creates a fake account and says something off their chest. I loved this. This guy should write a book. I would read it. I love my kids, but. Holy fuck, are they a couple cock blockers? I'm not going to put any of this on my youngest because they legit have to have everything done for them. They are small and young. However, my oldest, middle school age, is the worst kind of offender. She's perfectly capable of doing anything around the house she needs. But if me and the wife try to do anything day or night and are gone for more than five minutes alone, she's testing the door lock or knocking loudly to ask the most stupid of questions or say something completely benign. Example, I think I hear a bug in my room. Not a spider, not, not I see a bug. I think I may hear a bug in my room. Ah! It may sound petty, but this shit has been going on for years. And you know what? She's going to get hers. Her first serious relationship, I'm going to bust in whenever just for cookies or to ask a question about plumbing. I won't care. Shit, man, she'll be married. I'll call her ass at 11 on a Friday night to tell her about a fictitious boil on my asshole that I may need to get <laughs> lanced. I'll go into detail about dog barf that seeped into the rug. I'm going to have my revenge. And I just like loved that. And this dad is like so mad that he can't get any from his wife because his dumb middle school daughter keeps cockblocking him. And so he's planning the future. And then he did a bunch of edits on his note to explain to people like, listen, I'm not that bad of a dad. Like she's just annoying.
So final thought, uh, I want to share just a couple more. Um, I think that's so annoying, oh, though, was... when when someone writes yeah. something that's obviously satire and fictitious and like overly people... mean and people make that person go, I don't really want to boil on my asshole. It's like, fuck you. Like, you don't have to apologize. Like, stop it. Like, you don't know what it's like to have a boil on your ass. It's not <laughs> funny. Don't talk about dog barf. And my dad slipped on some dog barf in our thing and he died. Yeah. And that really hurts me. Oh, well, then in that case, you know, people... I was being sat- sat- satiric. Oh, my God. <laughs> Satirical. Yeah, I. Um, yeah, anyways, but yeah, go ahead. Well, I understand. Like, the thing is, that guy is writing comedically in a place where that should be allowed to happen. But people, when you're on when you're on stage as a comedian, that's the weirdest thing is when you do something that over the top and people take you seriously, and you have to go. Yeah, do you guys remember these are jokes? Like, well, not to you mention, don't need to go, oh. this guy's anonymous. Like, he doesn't even have to apologize. <laughs> like, he, that's how. But his apology was really funny too. I, w- I won't read it because I want to get to the okay. next true off my chest. This is also from true, true off my chest. I felt this like was this isn't funny. This is just like real as shit. Ooh. My husband passed away two months ago, and I feel relieved. Is the title? <sighs> I couldn't click on it fast enough. We were married six years together for eight. We have a five-year-old girl and a three-year-old boy. He passed away in a car accident in May. I was devastated when I found out he was dead. I loved him. I still love him, but now I start to feel relief that he isn't in our life anymore. When I met him, he was amazing, but soon after we got married, he changed. I was to blame for, I was to blame for ev- everything. His family didn't help as they hated me and they would feed his insecurities. He was abusive and controlling, but for his family, I deserved it. But for his family, I deserved it. I don't know what she's saying. I stayed because what else could I do? I was afraid and alone. I came to the U.S. for him. I also believe that I deserved it, that I wasn't a good mother and wife because all that's what that's what everybody told me. Now his parents pretended pretend to be there for my kids and I and they don't want us to leave the country. They spent years hating me, told my husband I only married him for coming to the U.S., that I was cheating on him so he would beat me. But now they want me to stay. After his death, the first two weeks was horrible. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what I was going to do without him. But then the fear that I felt every morning, wondering what, what, whatever he would be in a good mood or not that day disappeared. So this girl's obviously second language is English. Not walking on eggshells anymore. Even my kids seem to be happier without him. That's so wrong to feel that way. I never wanted him to die. I wish he was still alive and that I had the courage to walk away from him instead of feeling relieved from his death. Whoa. Just, I'm so happy he died for this woman. Yeah, I mean, he's just a doodle I mean, I'm now. happy for this woman he died. You know? Yeah, he's a... D- well... <laughs> And listen, I shared this because I think so many people out there can relate of of knowing that you can't leave because kids, money, um, you're scared he'll kill you. You're scared she'll kill you, whether whatever relationship you're in. And you, it would be very easy if he just died. And this woman did not wish this, but I'm so happy for her. And it just made me feel a lot of things because I bet that is not uh, I mean, this is why people kill their <laughs> significant others. Yeah. I would check to get uh, it's easier than this guy's breaks. It sounds like she might be in on it, but you know, it's yes. Uh, I, um, no, it's a, it's a, it's a very tough thought to think that life that, yeah, I don't know that you're be- like, even if you're getting abused, if someone dies to be happy, it's just, it's a tough thing to even say. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's like. Yeah. I, but there's there's times where I've wished men in my friends' lives would die. And I've told my friends that. And I'm like, I hope he dies. You know, like, I, I don't do that anymore because I don't want to wish death on anyone, even though I feel like sometimes death is like, sometimes, and this is tough to say, but sometimes when people commit suicide or die 
from a long-term illness, I like am happy for them. If that makes sense, because they're in so much pain and they are. And you know, we say that a lot like, Oh, they're not in pain anymore. And like, they're in a better place. But I've wished, I've wished death upon some men in my friends' lives so that in secret, like I've said it to them, but I've also said it not to them of like, I just want this guy to disappear. And the only way my friend's going to get over him is if he's dead. And that's a sad thing. And I'm sorry that I caused this guy to, to, to die. Well, I but think maybe, like, maybe I, d- I think, well, the common talk is like, what a coward to kill themselves. They didn't think about what they would do to, to the family and who they left behind. Mm-hmm. It's such a coward way out. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's bullshit. I think in a weird twisted way, it takes a lot of courage to, to end it. Like, I think if I'm not saying that it's a good thing. I'm just I, saying I, no, like no, no, I, the dialogue to behind anyone it, out there. Yeah. Who is suicidal. It's not courageous to kill yourself. No one's going to give you that honor. But Andrew, I do know what you're talking about when I've been really suicidal. Yeah. yeah. No, it's like, well, I, I, I've always said that if I get a terminal illness, that is going to be something like ALS or like, you know, Lou Gehrig's, which is ALS or, um, uh, the Huntington's disease, which is another one that just, there's no cure and you literally die because you choke because you can't swallow anymore. Like your body just shuts down and it's hell. I would go to Portland or Sweden to be euthanized. Um, I would kill myself in that way. And like, it would be, that would be a better choice, but, and I've been in so much pain, uh, that suicide seemed like a good idea. So it's, you're not in clear thinking though, when you want to do that stuff. Um, that being said, I just want to say last night I read, uh, before we really, before we go, um, there's a new Anthony Bourdain documentary coming out about his life and final days. And dude, it's like, I read a thing yesterday about it on Reddit. I can't find it right now, but it's like the last days of Anthony Bourdain. And oh my God is, I can't wait for this documentary. Um, What did he eat? Pretty much, pretty much he was not his, the interesting thing I found was on the pilot episode of his show, because he did those best-selling books. They gave him a show where he travels around. He wasn't a traveler. He didn't like to travel. He didn't like people. He had social anxiety. The first episode, they show footage for the first episode, which the first day of shooting, the whole crew said, what the fuck are we going to do? This guy cannot talk to people. He's awkward. He doesn't know what to say. He's like, they, they, they describe this first scene where it's so uncomfortable because he doesn't even know what to say to this Japanese woman. He's sitting on the floor eating ramen and like, it's just like, it's good and like it's awkward they don't even know what to do and then something happened where he just clicked and he found it and then they pretty much say i didn't like this they pretty much do everything in the documentary to blame asia argento the woman that he was seeing who was i didn't know this i'm so sorry it's going long he they all say that five days after he saw paparazzi footage of his girlfriend uh with a guy making out with a guy in paris or something that he killed himself five days later and by all uh, by all accounts, he was obsessed with this woman, totally in a, like a love bubble, like love addict. Like he, before he met her, he was looking for something that was like unhealthy, unsustainable. When he met her, he was like, this is going to end badly. He told everyone. He fired the director on his show, made her, oh, oh, the director on his show got sick for one episode. He put her in his place. She caused so much tension on the set and changed the way this show had been shot for so long that the director of photography quit the like such a huge part of the show quit 
another person and he started firing people that he worked with forever and so he was really handling it irrationally and doing everything to protect this woman to stay with this woman obsessing over her but they're kind of blaming her like she cheated and that's why he killed himself his addiction to her like you don't you can blame heroin when someone ods or the drug dealer but and i'm not gonna blame him either but it's just it was a disease of love if it wasn't her he would have become obsessed with someone else you know like i don't want her to now want to kill herself because she's a toxic like she made bad decisions that hurt him but i don't think it's anyone's fault as as someone who had a friend who killed himself over my best friend and her not loving him and bl trying to blame her and her suffering the feelings of like guilt associated with that. It had nothing to, it, it had something, she was the trigger, but it would have been something else eventually. Like, and we you can froze. point a finger at this girl who maybe didn't handle their relationship the best way oh. and was toxic for him and a just toxic person in general. I don't know her, but I don't think it was her fault, but it's just, we just want answers. We want to be able to blame someone for this stuff because we go, Anthony would, he wouldn't do that. This is totally, unex I mean, this was very out of character for him as, as most people would have reported. We just lost Andrew and that's for the best. We got to go. Thank you so much for listening. He literally just like stepped off. I think he, uh, he just made, met Asia Argento and is changing his life to, to be with her. So uh, watch out, Brenna. Sorry, he's moving on. Uh, thank you for listening. Don't be cut out there. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow on the show. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate girl bomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s, dance away with hip-hop beats, and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Bring it on. 
Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.